Well, he is. What exactly is your name? I, it's been a while I, since I I've know, talked I, with you. I'm here now. How about that? Back <laughs> and better than ever. Bobby Hensley, ready to rock and roll. Off from his long podcast sabbatical. Did you more find of a Sean Steyer sabbatical than it was a podcast? Well, did you wake up and realize, hey, it's 2020. I should I should be able to handle this technology <laughs> that it takes yeah. to record well, online. I, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, pushing me to continue to try and get better at technology. I guess it's about time. The one thing, the one thing that I have pushed you to greater heights on, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, if you want to give yourself credit, sure. Why not? Well, uh, we're going to do Major League today, and we were we had been talking like back in the winter months about, hey, we'll wait for spring training, we'll wait till baseball starts, and we'll do Major League. That'll be a cool one to do to start off the baseball season. Well, yeah, <laughs> didn't quite work out that way, did it? <laughs> yeah, what was going to happen first? I get a laptop, or they uh, start baseball? That's exactly right. And uh, <laughs> as we speak right now, they have not restarted baseball. So maybe this will be kind of a little tease for everyone who's a baseball fan. And uh, this this is a good one, Bobby. I I was I'll just start with this. I was kind of surprised at and maybe it's because of some of my other favorite movies. I've probably actually seen this one the least and it had been a while. Like Bull Durham and Field of Dreams, I've both seen a lot more than Major League when I sat back and thought about it. And Major League came out in 19 19- 89, but I really, this is a really enjoyable and funny baseball movie to watch from start to finish. Now, we'll get into some stuff that that bugs me a little bit later, and you might be able to predict even what it is right now. But uh, what did you what did you think? Like when you compare it to the to the to the other two, just in terms of pure enjoyment and sitting down and watching enjoyment and entertainment, what did you think of Major League? Well, the only thing that's weird about Major League for me is I watched the second one before I saw the first one. So the second one obviously has a tone of almost a, a kid's movie. It's rated PG, whereas this one obviously is not. True. And the the age of what, like 89, I would have been four when the second one came out, which was way later. Uh-huh. I understood the kid's humor more. So I almost came into this the first, not this time, but the first time I watched it, thinking of it as going to be a kid's movie. So it really <laughs> threw me off. But um, I thought I still think it's a great watch. It's funny that you consider the second one a kids' movie because I've never thought about it that way. It, but again, it's been a while since I've seen that one. So, like, I do remember you kind of had the uh, the aw shucks catcher who's taken over for Jake Taylor and all that kind of stuff. And was was there less? Because there wasn't like when you look at Major League as an example, there's no nudity in it, but. Uh, there was still a pretty heavy adult theme, some language and stuff like that in it. Was there? Do you think there was less language in Major League Two? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I, I know. Um, like I say, it was rated PG, whereas this one was R. So yeah, and I think you're looking at almost the opposite of me because you saw this one, which is an adult movie. So you project some of that onto the second one, even maybe though so. It might not be there. That's and true. I the opposite, you know. That's very true. How about the cluster of baseball movies that comes out in a two-year span, though? in the late 80s. In 1988, you get Bull Durham and Eight Man Out, and then just a year later, you get Major League and Field of Dreams. I mean, talk about a baseball movie renaissance, because really... Golden age. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's turned out to be the golden age, but at the same time, you go back into the 70s, there really just weren't that many baseball movies made. There was one that I came upon this week that I hadn't thought about, Ringo Long's Traveling All-Star and Motor Kings. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. It had Richard Pryor, James Earl Jones, and some others. It's about old-time Negro League players who did barnstorming tours and stuff like that. That one came out in the mid-'70s. Of course, you've got the Bad News Bears movies. But really, other than that, like there weren't a lot of baseball movies. And then all of a sudden, late-'80s, Someone decided it was time to hit some baseball movies, and they did. And you've got four really good ones that come out in a two-year stretch. Yeah, I guess that's true. I never really thought of it that way. But, like, sports movies in general, I think almost all the ones we've done have been since 1985 and newer. Yeah. Which I guess that's a long span, I suppose. But just sports movies in general didn't really start until then. And there's some crossover, of course, in terms of 
Charlie Sheen, who's who's one of the stars of this. He was in Eight Men Out. Um, and then also, of course, you've got Kevin Costner, who was in both of them. And That's I'm, your favorite. <laughs> or not in both of them. He was in Bull Durham and in Field of Dreams. And I, I think that's pretty much it as far as the crossovers. But you're talking about two pretty big ones right there with Costner and Sheen being in two of these baseball movies again in just a four-year time span. Right. And I I don't think I realized we haven't done a Charlie Sheen movie yet, have we? But that he actually played baseball. Yeah. He was a high school baseball player, played in, I, be, I believe he went to Santa Monica High School or Santa Monica, California, anyway, uh, offered a baseball scholarship by the University of Kansas, my alma mater, back in the day. Not that Kansas was a baseball power back then, but oh, at, one, at the same time, yeah, Division One. they were in the Big 8 at that time, Big 12 right now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so uh, he's, he's one of the guys who definitely shows some baseball prowess, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, we're going to rank kind of a, of the main characters who we thought actually pulled off the baseball the best. Since it, this had to make you happy, Bobby, because to me, they they did a quick setup of the characters right off the bat, <laughs> and then boom, they're in spring training and they jump into the baseball. And I think pound for pound, the baseball scenes in this movie stack up with just about any other baseball movie I've seen. Yeah, I I thought. You obviously you know me pretty well now at this point because <laughs> at one point where I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself exactly what you just said like wow we're already in it like they already made the roster now we're already a quarter of the way through the season it moved so I'm jumping ahead a little bit but one thing that surprised me is that runtime of the movie is a lot shorter than I remembered yeah because it's only what maybe an hour forty hour forty five something like that exactly and I thought I don't know in my mind I thought it was a long movie but. I must have remembered all of it because there was very little that came back to me. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. I'm just going to flowed so well. I'm just going to get in to this and we we can do other stuff that bugs me later. But I think the only thing, because again, like you jumped into, you've got, you've got spring training, you've got some montages, you've got the games. And of course you've got Harry Doyle played by Bob Euchre tying it all together with, uh, I, it, and we'll get to a lot of that in the lines. I, Go ahead. I know exactly where you're going. You're but it was going and then it stopped. <laughs> yes, because we do we do the trope of the sports movie yep. where and we've hit we've hit this theme quite a bit before. <laughs> For some reason, they always think that you that you've got to yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rene Russo becomes this movie's Jane. <laughs> but yep. Major League was first, so maybe Jane became Rene Russo, I don't know. But I I didn't mind the the love story quite as much. Tom Berenger, Rene Russo. Um, but what bugged me is there were a couple of the scenes that just lasted too long, and there are like five or six scenes where they completely yeah. leave baseball, and then it's then it's all about Jake and Rene and whether or not they're going to get back together and stuff. Yeah, well, that I, I'm going to go the other way. Obviously, I'm partial to For Love of the Game, the Jane reference. But <laughs> this one bugged me more because she was like already established and like in a relationship. Right. So he kind of looks like a jerk because he's like... He's stalking her. <laughs> well, I wrote that down. Following her. He, he definitely is stalking her. But then she's already like proven that she has this fiancé. They're, they're actually talking about her wedding or pending wedding as they're hooking up on screen. Right. And That's she's not a good look for a guy. She's shooting him down, but then she starts showing up at Cleveland Indians games, which obviously wasn't that hard to do considering right. the attendance wasn't they that were great. They were distancing but, before we yeah. uh, had this. Yeah. So that's really the only thing that breaks the flow, I think, of this movie. And there was some good stuff inside that, you know, like I always get a chuckle about Queequeg's coffin and, and Moby Dick and, you know, he's yeah. reading the cartoon, <laughs> you know, the comic book version of Moby Dick and stuff like that. Well, it's almost like I feel like Jane, not to, I guess I am comparing them, but the for love of the game, you're almost seeing why they are connected. Whereas this one, it's like, I guess they used to date. We don't really see any of that. So we don't even yeah. know how it ended or how long they were together or if it was just a one-time thing. We right. don't know any of that. So it's almost, to me, it's like, why do I care? I'm not invested in this. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we were never really given a, a, a reason you know, any reasons to know why we should be together. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, in Major League Two, which you talked about, which didn't come out for another five years, it took a long time in between. 
I believe Rene Russo is gone, right? The, the 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 character is gone, and they essentially replace her with with a Charlie Sheen romantic counterpoint. But it's the exact same, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. They they kind of had the same character, but they just shifted it to Wild Thing instead of Jake. Which uh, so. <laughs> I mean, you, you asked me some questions. I want to ask you that. Who do you okay. think the main character of this movie is? That's a good point because I, I was going to kind of get into the casting here a little bit, and it turned out to be kind of the perfect cast because Tom Berenger oh, is the biggest name, and maybe Corbin Burnson. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, I mean, at the time, because Berenger and Burnson are really – Going into this movie, and again, it comes out in 1989, so they're making it in in 87 and 88. Those are the two biggest names really going into this movie. Sheen is kind of making a name for himself. He had been in some stuff. He and Berenger had just done Platoon a couple years earlier. But Corbin Burnson, maybe neck and neck with Berenger because he's a couple years into L.A. Law, which was like the huge, hot you know, network TV drama at the time. But then after those guys, you've got a handful of veteran character actors like Chelsea Ross who played Eddie Harris, the old the old pitcher with the Vagisil and all that. Yeah, Dan Devine. Uh <laughs> Tom <laughs> Gammon who played the manager. He was in Vision Quest, which we've done. Remember he was the, the abuse movie. of dad in Vision Quest. Uh but then you've got the the perfect storm of these up and comers. Again, Sheen is is really starting to gain some traction. He had been in some stuff, including The Outsiders, like five or six years before that. You know, some some smaller roles, but he's coming on. Nobody knows who Wesley Snipes is yet. Dennis Haysbert, who plays Serrano, he'd been acting for like 10 or 12 years, but Serrano was really the first thing he's known for. And then now you've got the Rene Russo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, when I think about Rene Russo now, I did not realize this was... Her first motion picture. This was her motion picture debut. She'd been modeling for a few years, and she kind of becomes one of those Hollywood it girls. But this is Renee Russo's debut. She didn't carry herself like a like someone who was just breaking in out of modeling. I didn't think. I, I thought she did a great job of this. Yep. But yeah, so she was so, also she was in Major League Two. It says uncredited though. Okay, all right, maybe a small was, here or there. Yeah, she was also in Ten Cup. Yes, and that's that's a movie that we'll do at some point along with Costner. But so I think I, to to answer your question, when you look at the cast, I mean Berenger has to be the lead since he's kind of the the through point of this movie because of the fact that you not only have him with the baseball stuff and with the team, but it is his storyline that we're following in the non baseball stuff with the romantic stuff with with Lynn Rene Russo's character. I, I think he has to be the lead, but again, then you've kind of got, you know, like these these little sub sub guys and stuff like that. So what do you think? Do you think Berenger yeah. is the lead? Well, see I'm looking back on it now, so it's different. And when I think it has to be Berenger, but for multiple reasons. One, obviously at the time he's the biggest name. You must look at this cast and it's it turns into like that sports team that like Wow, I didn't realize that the Seattle Mariners had Randy Johnson, Aaron right. Griffey, you know, all these, like, you look at that roster later, like, wow, they were great. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you didn't realize it at the time. Obviously, Sheen's a, the biggest star now. And even Dennis Haysbert, I like, the Allstate guy, he's in Wesley Snipes, but Behringer back then, for sure, and then also because he plays the catcher, which, in baseball terms, is always kind of known as, like, the the manager or like the on-field manager. Yeah. So I think he's the central part of it that holds it all together. Right. He interacts with Ricky. He interacts with Roger Dorn. He interacts with all the characters, whereas they don't always interact with each other. Well, I was just going to say, like you, you mentioned Haysbert again, having seen this way back when in the late eighties and, and running it and stuff like that, watching it over time in, in the early to mid nineties, even like I didn't watch 24, but then I, you know, you find out that Haysbert plays the president in 24. It really took until then. It's like, hey, hold it, that's Serrano. He's got hair, but that's that's Pedro Serrano, <laughs> you, you know. But again, this is a guy who's been around for a long time, Dennis Haysbert. That's why I didn't realize he was the Allstate guy. Yeah, or I didn't realize the Allstate guy was Pedro. Serrano. Was Pedro Serrano? Yeah, 
Yeah. So let's kind of go through the characters here real quick. You mentioned Sheen, and and like we said, he's got the baseball experience. And, and of course, he was Hap Felsch a year earlier in Eight Men Out. And they they really – Eight Men Out, and again, that's one we'll get to at some point. There's some baseball in that, but really – but this is this is the opposite of that. There's there's a lot more off the field storyline in Eight Man Out, well, understandably. Eight Man Out, yeah, I was gonna say it's that's almost a do, not a documentary, but it's kind of docudrama. Like, yeah, it's definitely a real story. Right, exactly. So right, exactly off the field, yeah. And of course, real life pitcher Mitch Williams, who was with the Cubs at the time, he ended up being called. Wild thing, and that became the nickname throughout his career. He even wore ninety nine in honor of this character, and uh, that's kind of it's credited. Charlie Sheen and, and Wild Thing are kind of credited with giving the the walk up songs or the intro songs to closers and stuff like that. It is it is traced back to that, but that is not to jump too far ahead. But that is a, a really good scene as well when he comes into that Yankees which is, game. That's just wild to me because <laughs> pun. <laughs> um, because Charlie Sheen's character, Ricky Vaughn, wasn't a closer in the movie. I know. And that's, <laughs> and that's kind <laughs> of another thing in the playoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He relieved in the playoff game, but he was actually a starting pitcher and the manager had to make the decision between wild thing and Harris. And it didn't necessarily go over that well, but and, yeah, cause again, just, just sort of having not seen it, I had kind of always thought of wild thing as a reliever and that's actually just for his temperament and the kind of guy that he is he actually Perfect. yeah i mean he <laughs> he should have been a closer is what he should have been but yeah so then you've got so, wesley snipes as willie mays hayes um he's he's been in another sports movie we've done of course he did white men can't jump with woody harrelson did wildcats go ahead Sheen was also supposed to do uh white men can't jump but turn it down or he really, would the people up for the role. Yeah, I did not realize that, and we should. They would have. We should mention Bobby and I don't have the the typical hand signals, you know, because we are still recording remotely from our homes. So if if uh, we talk over too much each other too much, I do apologize for that. But go ahead, Bobby. Well, I usually talk over you anyway. I just wasn't <laughs> what you're saying, and just that's start true. At least when I see your lips moving, I know when to shut up. <laughs> that's never stopped you before. Uh no, so Charlie Sheen was up for uh, White Man Can't Jump, but didn't get it. Obviously, I think that we that's in our archives if you want to go back and find it. Yeah. But that movie, I think that was one perfectly cast as well with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, as it turned out. Charlie Sheen would have been worse. You know? Yeah, yeah. As it was, yeah, because Woody Harrelson, as it turned out, played some small college basketball and stuff like that. So I think he pulled off the basketball really well. Wesley Snipes, his, his again, this is really early in his career, and his career takes off after this. He does New Jack City, King of New York, Mo' Better Blues, Jungle Fever, White Men Can't Jump, Blade, and, and all that stuff. And, in fact, his career four or five years later is going so well that Corbin Burnson, he runs into Corbin Burnson someplace, and Burnson's like, hey, getting ready to do Major League Two. And Wesley Snipes is like, you're going to do that thing? And uh, so he thought he was so big time by the time they were getting ready to do Major League Two that Wesley Snipes was off to bigger and better things, and that's when they brought in Omar Epps to uh, take the role of Willie Mays Hayes. Well, true. And also, though, Wesley Snipes did win an Academy Award for Best Actor, correct? That I'm not sure. I I did not. uh, Do you have that in your research? I I can look it up real quick. Come on, Bobby. Well, you know... He won an MTV Movie Award. That's the same, right? <laughs> Practically. Yeah. I think he's, he's been nominated. nominated. I don't think he yeah. has actually ever won. Yeah. So, but my point is that he was actually in movies that were, like, credible. So, doing a Major League Two spinoff wasn't really up for him. He also did The Fan in 1996. Right. Which, which I don't know what you thought about movie? that. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, is it or I mean, it's about an athlete, but is it really a sports movie? Probably not. But an interesting thing about Snipes, according to the director, David S. Ward, Snipes was not a very good baseball player. And again, we're going to rank how we think that the guys pulled the, the, the actors pulled off the baseball. But 
He was so bad at throwing a baseball, they didn't have any scenes of him throwing a ball. And when you think about it, I kind of went, it's like, oh, yeah, they've got him jumping at the fence to make yeah. a catch. You obviously diving see him yeah, <laughs> diving and stealing and stuff like that. But they also, Ward also said that they put him in slow motion when he was running because he wasn't as fast as he was supposed to be. So they always had him in slow motion whenever he was running. I read that about the slow motion, and I think we've done this, we've talked about it once, maybe it was off recording, but like you said, you watch the movie, then go back and look at facts of the movie. Right. Where I do it the opposite. I'll read the facts, then I can see them in the movie, and I enjoy that. Okay. And the slow motion thing really caught me by surprise, because I remember thinking Wesley Snipes was this athlete, which you keep teasing, it. we'll get into it very soon, but I was like, yeah, that's probably the most athletic guy, because like, you asked me to rank them before I watched it, you know, like, keep that in my mind. And I was thinking to myself, well, he's probably the most athletic guy in the movie. And then I read that he had to have all the scenes in slow motion <laughs> so that he even looked fast. They make him look really athletic, but does he pull off the baseball? That's the right. that's the question. Yeah, because right. he faked it a little bit better with basketball. But even then, I felt like there was some stuff that's like, eh, has he really ever played sports before? Well, I you guess know? That's, that's a tough thing for an actor, right? Because not only are you acting, but you're like trying to play the sport as well. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess that's the same for any job that they're acting in. But yep, Rene Russo is uh, Lynn Wells, the librarian, the love interest for Jake Taylor. And again, this is her first film. She goes on. She does Tin Cup with Kevin Costner. She's in a couple of the Lethal Weapon movies. Get Shorty. She left acting for six years in the early two thousands, and really haven't heard a whole lot from her lately. But uh, she was just huge. In the 90s. And, and again, I was surprised to find out that uh, this was Rene Russo's first film. I thought, especially for a debut, this was great. And it, and it really helped propel her into the 90s when, when she was getting a lot of big time stuff. She almost turns into like a, not quite as big or iconic, but a 90s version of Molly Ringwald. Like, you just didn't realize she was in all these movies in the 90s, like Molly was in the 80s. Yeah. You know. She wasn't doing the teen stuff, obviously, like Molly, so a little bit different. Probably think of him a little bit different. Dennis Haysbert, Serrano, later the president. Apparently, in the 2016 playoffs, real-life Indians Jason Kipnis and Mike Napoli got a couple of Jobu statues (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were setting well, them up in the in the locker room. They they sacrificed a supermarket chicken to uh, to help teammate Jan Gomes overcome a slump. I thought that was pretty funny. Which is touched on in this movie as well. All right, that's where the chicken comes from. All right, I, I, I might remember this incorrectly, but I believe that they they offered Joe Boo vodka, and it didn't work. So then the next day they had rum instead. So they switched they, to rum, and then they both got hits or whatever, and then yep. they moved on. Yeah. Chelsea Ross, he plays Eddie Harris. You mentioned him. He was Dan Devine and Rudy. Can you name the other sports movie he was in? You want me to say Hoosiers? Well, because he was in Hoosiers. I mean, (laughs) all I want is the correct answer. Come on, Bobby. Yeah. That's all I give are correct answers. He was the guy in the gym that Gene Hackman tells to get out of the gym, takes the ball from him when when, uh, the character was trying to run practice and all that kind of stuff. So, Chelsea Ross, the the sports movie icon of the late 80s and early 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he accidentally got in two of the biggest movies of the era. Yeah, no kidding. But he actually, he played some uh, some small college baseball. I think it was in Texas someplace. So he's been around he, the block a little bit. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in, uh, he's still in Billions, the show on in Showtime. Oh, okay. Yeah, he I mean, he has been in a lot. Yeah, I mean, you'll yeah. see him in, in a ton of things. Corbin Burnson, he's got like 200 plus credits but he's one again like besides this and la law i couldn't probably tell you a whole lot that corbin burnson's been and <laughs> I, I think he does a nice job of, of being the sort of knucklehead egotistical stereotype baseball player what did you guy. think yeah. yeah the country club guy that's a good way of putting it yeah i agree like with the i don't even remember if there's a scene that he did it but with the sweater tied over your your neck and <laughs> right <laughs> he almost like a golf pro yep yeah, Bob Euchre as the announcer. He was in Mr. Belvedere sitcom of the 80s. And uh, apparently David S. Ward, who directed it, he asks Euchre to play Harry Doyle. He didn't even re- – and he he knew him because of Mr. Belvedere and the Miller Light ads that were on TV, the, 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 the Miller right. Light ads that were so popular. He didn't even realize that Bob Euchre was actually 
a, a, a real-life professional radio baseball announcer. For which team? The Milwaukee Brewers, where they shot the they, the, uh, <laughs> the bulk of this movie. Yeah, they actually shot the it at Old County right. Stadium in Milwaukee, where the Brewers played at the time. Yeah, the inside of the stadium stuff was mostly there. They did get some, some cutaway shots and some external stuff from the actual uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which is... Which is also gone. Yep, yeah, they've both been demolished. And then you've got the owner, Margaret Witten, um, the, the actress... Margaret Witten. She dated, did you see this? She dated Ron Shelton, the guy who wrote Bull Durham. I did not know that. Did you hear this? So she apparently dated Ron Shelton and claims that she helped Shelton write Bull Durham. And then they split up and there's a, there's a lawsuit and stuff that they end up settling, I think out of court. So there was, yeah, some, some stuff about that. Even though she wasn't in Bull Durham, she claims that, that she helped write it. And she passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, but her character was inspired by real life Minnesota Twins owner Calvin Griffith. Same type deal. There's, there's kind of the, there, he's getting romanced by a team, you know, by by a city in Florida to try to move the Twins down there, and 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 that kind of thing. And again, David S. Ward, who wrote so, and directed this. I know we do mostly movies, but little sports talk here. Why why was Miami? I understand the market, but they. They've always been linked with baseball wanting to get a team, right? I think like it was... They, like, even back even back to the future, they referenced that the... That's Cubs true. ...beat the yeah. Miami, and and then Miami gets a team, and they just don't appreciate it. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, I mean, you look at the fact that it, it is such a big market in Miami. Big market, you've got warm weather down there, so many spring training teams play down there. I think that that was the lure, especially for some of these owners, you know, it's like, why not move my team to Miami? It'd be a heck of a lot, lot, lot nicer than if I'm sitting up here in, in the, uh, the upper Midwest, you know? Yeah. But you don't get fans of your ballpark. So yep. one other guy that I wanted to mention, Pete Vukovic. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they probably realized that beforehand, but Right. Yeah, they're very fickle, and you've just got so many transplants down there. In and that's the same thing with football and every other sport down there, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which guy do you want to bring up? Pete, Pete Vukovic. He played plays. Haywood. He play. Yeah, he he played Clue Haywood, and he of course was an actual Major League Baseball player. He was actually a pitcher. Won the Cy Young for the Milwaukee Brewers in 1982. Again, a Milwaukee guy. But you know, it's weird that like obviously he's an athlete, right? However. Isn't it kind of weird that they make a pitcher that played in the American League for most of his career a hitter? Make him a hitter? I mean, in, in the movie, he was built like a softball player. Is what he was built like. I, I I thought that was kind of odd as well that 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 they made a pitcher like the big guy and and apparently he was supposed to be sort of based on Thurman Munson, Yankees catcher back in the uh, and that's the seventies. Was yeah okay. So now let's go through. I've got six different actors. Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Chelsea Ross, Dennis Haysbert, Corbin Burnson, the main guys in this. Let's rank them one through six in terms of how we think they pulled off the baseball in the movie. Let's start at six and work backwards. Who do you have at number six? Okay. So we got Jake Taylor, Ricky Vaughn, Roger Dorn, Willie Mays Hayes. Then who are the other ones? Eddie Harris? Oh my gosh! Well, again, we're we're ranking the actors, not the characters. We're ranking well, I, the actors well, on how well they faked the baseball, Bobby. Well, I watched the movie with the names of the characters, so okay. I'm trying to do it backwards. Yeah, so let me see. Yeah, Jake Taylor. We've got Wild Thing. We've got Willie Mays Hayes. We've got Eddie Harris, Dennis Haysbert, Corbin Burnson, or uh, Dennis Haysbert. We've got Pedro Serrano, and then I don't even remember what was Corbin Burnson's character's <laughs> name. He was, I don't know. Corbin Burnson? <laughs> yeah. So let's start at number six, Bobby. Come on. Work with me a little bit here. All right. I'll, all right. Number six, I'm going to put um, Chelsea Ross, Eddie Harris. Because, well, oh, I know you on. said that he played ball. In the movie, he just looked old. 
But that's what he was supposed to look like. He was supposed to look like an okay, the well, old grizzled kind of the Gaylord Perry, I think, is what he was based on because he has the KY gel, he's got the Vagisil, he's got the jalapeno yeah, in his nose. I mean, yeah, he did snot snot ball. At least he oh, looks well, like okay. he knows how to pitch, regardless of what his body and his age look like. So I've got Chelsea Ross at number two on my list. Wesley, <laughs> I knew you'd have him higher. Wesley Snipes is my number six because because he, but you. If you didn't know that, though. But but we do. And so maybe... Yeah, but again, you never see him throw the ball. You barely see him swing the bat. And all you really do is see him run. So yeah, maybe you're right. If I didn't know some of these notes about the fact that he couldn't... I don't know. Maybe that did bias me a little bit. And I'll even say it. Like, we didn't see him do that. So you don't know that he couldn't do it. I mean, we do know, but... Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe he could throw a ball. Okay. Who's your number five? I'll put him at number five. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, I've got Cor- Corbin Burnson, and it was Roger Dorn. Dorn was the character's name. And, and again, maybe it's yeah, because I'm biased by the fact that I'm watching this movie, and it's like, how does a major league third baseman not ho- not know how to field a ground ball? I mean, the guy would have been moved to DH for one if, if he was really that bad. Not on that team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought he swung the bat okay. And again, maybe I'm biased by the fact that the character was supposed to be so bad defensively. But really, kind of other than swinging the bat a little bit, I guess we didn't get to see Roger Dorn slash Burnson do a whole lot. Yeah, I, well, I, Dorn. Uh, so I have it number five, or you said six, you have Dorn? Let's just keep going forward. I've got yeah. I've got Dorn at number five. I, I'm sorry for okay, whatever five. it is you drank last night. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I, I think my internet cut out. This is this is this is the struggle we are at. Um, no, so then I put at number five. I put uh, Wesley Snipes because, like you said, we don't see him do okay. anything. Okay. So number number four, I put Dorn just because, or what do you call him? Uh, Corbin Burnson. Burnson. Corbin Burnson. Roger Dorn. Burnson. Yeah. Yeah, because I he just again. He just looks like a country club guy, and I, that's his role. He's yeah. supposed to be the like veteran, and but I think he was more believable than um, Ross was as an okay. older guy. So I put him at four, Dorn. All right, I've got Plus Tom Berenger at number four. Really? Well, I mean, we, we've got to be a little bit selective. I thought he did okay, you know, pulling off the stuff as the catcher. Steve Yeager, who was the third base coach, former Dodgers catcher was the guy who did a lot of the stunts in this so i'd be curious to know exactly you know he did he did the he taught behringer how to do the catching and he was his stunt double for the catching so i'd be interested to know how much was actually him behind the mask doing some of that stuff he threw the ball okay he swung the bat okay yeah i guess i for me part of it too is like expectations because yeah and because i have him next on my list like going upwards um yeah, I think he. You don't expect much because he's old. He already was semi-retired playing Mexican ball, and all of a sudden he comes back, you know, just to play one year with the Indians. And they even by Major League Two, which obviously you said took a long time to make, but he becomes just the manager. Right. Right. So he's but not that's, even playing anymore. Yeah, that's which you is, know so his knees are well, getting bad. And, I mean, yeah. I'm not no, I'm no. not holding his knees against him. He still at least looked like he could play ball so i mean you've just got him one spot higher than me and that's yeah, because right. you had chelsea ross a lot lower than i did so true because i've also, got i think for go ahead chelsea ross thing comes back to like kind of too that he's such a role character in the movie if he was one of the main actors maybe i would have given him a little more of a pass okay i got you i've got Haysbert pedro serrano at number three and again you know he's the dh so how much did he actually have to do but apparently Haysbert. That home run that he hit, he really hit that out of the park on the swing of the bat. No way. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's I, I, I'm guessing that he probably got a nice batting practice fastball, you know, and, and got to tee and up were, on it. And but, they were batting from third base or something? <laughs> he had a nice swing, I thought. And that's what we've got to judge him on because of the fact that he's probably the designated the hitter. Probably loses some points because he took his bat with him when he rounded the bases, but... <laughs> yeah, there's no rule against that. Yep. That's true. No actual rule against it. Okay, who's so who's number two for you? Uh, 
so the only two I have left are either Ricky Vaughn or or Charlie Sheen or uh, Haysbert. So okay. I'd say uh, Charlie Sheen at number two. Wow. Okay. And now, I thought Sheen number. And maybe again, it's because I know so much about Sheen and, and the fact go. that you know, kind of like Costner, that that he really does get into baseball. But I, I think that's that's obviously a big part of why he landed this role because he can pull off the baseball, and he actually had a decent fastball, like in the '80s. I guess he had to take some steroids and stuff like that because the <laughs> amount of fastballs that he had to keep throwing. That you know, that's something that we talked about in For Love of the Game, where. Costner was just throwing hundreds of balls day after day, and his shoulder was getting so tired and inflamed. So, and they also moved the mound like ten feet, 10 feet closer, yeah. yeah, so that it his fastball, Sheen's fastball, looked a little bit hotter. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is, and if I again, I I'm thinking about this. If I didn't read the notes and know everything, okay. Once once I again, I read the notes before. So when I watched the movie, there was a couple of balls. I think it was him that there couldn't have been a double or anything, right? But he threw him I'm like that did look legit. But then you could also, if you know it and you watch it back, you see the mound is closer. Right. Like your baseball eye tells you, well, he's a little bit closer than normal. Yeah, but good it, point. I, he did look legit. Yep. Because 80, 80 miles per So I've always wondered, like steroids, I understand for a battery you get bigger muscles, hit the ball farther. farther. But like why would a pitcher do them ever? Because <laughs> it's so much more mechanics. What? Well, but I mean, as you know, especially like if you're talking human growth hormone and stuff like that, you get a little bit stronger. You can add a few miles an hour to your fastball. And and, and I think the biggest reason that we've kind of heard in in recent years anyway, the reason guys are doing it, regardless of sport and what position they have to play, it's the it's the recovery aspect. One, your your muscles and tendons can recover faster, and two, these guys who are trying to come back from injury and things like that, you get a much great. And there was actually an article that I saw recently that that backed that up. That that uh, this stuff can can help these guys bounce back months quicker coming back from some of these different injuries, whether it's shoulder and elbow or whatever it happens to be, knee injuries, all that kind of stuff. You know, so I think that's but a big that, part of it. It's also weird because don't. Steroids like make your muscles more susceptible to injury as well, though. Uh, I think it depends on. Yeah. I think that like the uh, the what you would call hardcore steroids do that stuff, but but these other variances, oh, right. I think, are a little bit a little bit different. Okay, let's get so, to some stuff. That, no, go ahead. One thing no, before we move said, on. I gonna, no, I was going to move on. Okay. Anything that bugs you? I've already talked about the Jake Lynn scenes. Not that all of it is just bad but th- there are a couple yeah like i mean and, and i'll just kind of tack one on to that jake just basically walks into any apartment that he wants to without a key did you notice that like she doesn't know he's coming and he he wa- he, he gets up to the penthouse thing w- of her boyfriend and typically you you know you ride the elevator up and you've got to have either a security <laughs> code or some kind of key to get it you can't just walk in there but here comes jake just walking in, and then he follows her home. The, you know, in one of the next scenes, to her her actual apartment. The door is down on the street. Is she not locking the door to her apartment? He just walks in. Jake just gets in wherever he wants. He doesn't have to worry about a key or knocking or anything. That doesn't hold up well, right? And <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in a big drives, city, you know. <laughs> he drives the Cleveland Indians uh, golf cart over yeah. her house. How close did she actually live to the stadium? Because as soon as she got on the freeway, there's no way he's keeping up with her in that thing. <laughs> See, so I feel like on some level she's just an Annie, right? The baseball chaser. A little bit. A little and then, bit. So that's how she met Jake to begin with, and she yeah. never really let him go. But right. Like, you say we we don't get and even at, towards the end their storyline doesn't develop at all, does it? Do we ever find out they dated? Apparently, now this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. There's a scene featuring Jake and Lynn getting married. That uh, that that happens at the end. They ended up deleting it because they thought that it would put too much of the focus of the movie on Jake and Lynn, and not the team. So I think I'm glad. That they didn't right. go with that, but yeah, they were obviously trying to make this make this relationship a big part. But like, she never even meets the other players. But 
after they win the game, she Serrano, you know, she's kind of sitting on Serrano's shoulder a little bit, and it's I don't know. It was well, it was it was odd. It 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 was odd the way they tried to to mix it in there. I think with the team. And the only reason, that, like you say, they always you want to appeal for everyone, so you put a love interest to try and get yeah. Maybe the guys want the sports, but the you know other people, women will want the love story. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to pick someone, you could do a heck of a lot worse than Rene Russo. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, even the owner, I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, I know. Peeling away. I know. Her, uh... Well, oh. the, and there was another thing where at the end, the owner, Rachel Phelps, admits before the last game that her bitchy persona was all an act to fire up the players. Right. And but, they ended up getting yeah. rid of that as well, which, again... I'm glad. I don't like those, some of these extra kind of storylines that they tried to spin. Well, and that's not even a storyline. It's like, so you're telling me this whole movie was for nothing then. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, that just spoils the whole movie. And that alternate ending does appear on the Wild Thing Edition DVD, which I don't think I've ever seen. I'll have to see. I think I've got I've got a Major League DVD. I, I don't know that I've got the Wild Thing Edition. DVD. Did you watch it off of television or DVD? I did. I recorded it off one of the uh, premium cable uh, stations. So, so they they left the profanity and stuff in. Yes. How about you? Um, uh, I watched it. Yeah, uncensored as well. Okay. I, there was some colorful language, which doesn't. I'm pretty vulgar with it, so I don't really doesn't bother <laughs> You're me. You're pretty but, vulgar with it. <laughs> but I was like, wow, I don't... Because again, I keep thinking I saw Major League 2 before I saw this one. And that one, again, is PG. Not even PG-13. Yeah. So like I, every time like it would drop an F-bomb, I'm like, oh, didn't see that coming. Right. But it wasn't bad. I don't... I get, we've watched movies that don't hold up as well. But... Some, um, what? Some other stuff that bugged me yeah, I was say. Hayes parks his car in the in the spring training scene when he pulls up in that car that he's got. He parks his car like ten feet from the field. Every ball player knows. I don't care what level of, of baseball player you are. Every ball player knows you, you don't park your away. car that close. That's right. And you turn your car the other way. You turn the windshield away from the field. You know that's just that's just a given. Well, I. Like, for slow pitch softball, that's my general rule of thumb. If I can hit a foul ball that far, I'm not parking there. Exactly. And I'm exactly. not a good hitter. So, <laughs> yes. So, uh, that's funny. Would Would Vaughn really have made the team right out of spring training? You know, no minor right leagues after after getting out of prison? <laughs> minor yeah. one, but, you know. Well, would, okay, Willie Mays Hayes got thrown out. Of practice, he wasn't even invited, and they put him on the team. Don't you yeah, they would have started true. him at single A? That's true. <laughs> but, I, again, I guess based on the fact that the owner was obviously very receptive to guys who probably shouldn't be in the major leagues being on the team, maybe maybe that's the pass right there. I don't know. And I'm not trying to skip ahead because I don't even have it listed, but there was a line in the movie that said, not bad for um, a washed up and two never was or whatever. Yeah. I remember that. So they're they're kind of poking fun at the fact they wouldn't even been on the team. Yep. I get bothered by Willie Mays Hayes because why would he need to save the batting gloves from every base he stole? It's a good question, but you know, like I mean, I'm the sure there are a lot of idiosyncrasies that Major League Baseball players have that we don't know about. You know, maybe some are saving their jock straps after each game too for a while. <laughs> right. Well, there you go with that, but. Like batting gloves, it even says it in the name. They're for batting, right? Whereas, then, so then, I guess it's just obviously they're just trying to give you a way to say, "Oh, he's stealing these bases." Yeah. Got it. But come yeah, because that's part of that montage as well, where it's like, "Oh, they're getting better," and he's nailing all the the batting gloves. All of a sudden, he's got a wall full of batting gloves from the bases that he's stolen and stuff like that. Two other things that bother me: one, Dorn's wife knows exactly where to find Ricky Vaughn at the bar. <laughs> sitting alone at a bar here's a major league baseball player alone at a bar and up up, up walks Dorn's wife she knows exactly what bar to go to and that she'll find him right then and there after she sees her husband on tv with another woman not only that but he's not like an obscure guy and a guy with that kind of edge and that kind of that's my point 
Yeah, like, like they're a playoff team. At he would have women around him. He wouldn't be sitting at a bar alone. There's no way. <laughs> and he would definitely not be hooking up with a teammate's wife. Like he would know that, right? Well, that's a good question because he had well, he had never seen he... her before. So well, and, then, and you know, were him were Dorn and his wife having marital problems? Like what, what? There was again that just seemed awfully random to throw in there. I guess it, uh, what I do like is they kind of they had it happen. Then they moved forward with it. It wasn't like a lingering point. Well, I didn't mind the storyline. I, I just thought yeah. it was a little flimsy that she would know exactly where to find him. Because th- there's find always stories about that, about players sleeping with other players' wives. And, you know, you hear those Ryan different Sandberg. things. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> she, yeah, and then, you know, she actually sees her husband on TV in a hotel you know, in the background, ducking out with another woman. So, And I, and I thought it was funny the way they handled it. As well with with the scene, yeah, where, I liked it. Where he's facing Haywood and, and Dorn goes goes up. I've got one thing to say or one thing to say. Strike this mf'er out, and then yeah. And you know, during the celebration, he decks him, but then he helps him back up, and Perfect. they hug. I thought that was a great way to handle it. Actually, it's a great way to handle it. But then I don't know. Did Dorn and his wife need to? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Something they need to talk. <laughs> okay, my final thing, Jake's bunt. Jake's bunt. I, it made for great movie dramatics and all that stuff, but there's no way Jake beats out that bunt. I'm sorry. There's just no yeah. way. Bad knees, old, he doesn't run well to begin with. There's no way he beats out that bunt. They actually show you earlier that he didn't beat out an infield single. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Uh, then, <laughs> he couldn't then even beat out an later, infield single. There's a bunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he might advance the runner, but he's not going to be safe at first. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you almost pinch hit for him for anyone else. Yeah, really. No kidding. Um, well, I also got the th- last thing that bugged me. The movie ends with them making the playoffs. So they beat the Yankees to win the division, right? So the Yankees don't make it. Right. So who do they play next? And why don't we get to see that? Or like, shouldn't it have been for the World Series or something? Like, make it romantic for me. Well, I thought it they was... Just- you know, just I thought it was good the enough. Playoffs. They brought, I mean, they, they couldn't do a whole, if they did a whole, like, best of seven series and all that kind of stuff, I get, I think it gets a little convoluted. I thought this was actually a good way to do it. You've got a one game, That's break true. the tie, playoff, everything's on the line, they win, they go on from there. They they at least accomplished, you know, they got into the playoffs, and we, we didn't need to see the rest after that. Sean, I haven't watched sports in three months. I need <laughs> You needed, need you needed more. You needed more. Yeah. All right. No, I... So you're right. I that makes sense. All right, you want to get into favorite lines? Sure. So, can we just There's, start by stipulating that pretty much anything Harry Doyle, Bob Uecker said? Was, I kept meaning to say this. The we, I asked you what the main character was. But my favorite character was Harry Doyle. He is, uh, and we actually did on on Sports Beats our, our our talk show during the week a couple of weeks ago. I was asked to name my five favorite baseball movie characters of all time, and Harry Doyle is my favorite character from this movie. He fell into my top five. Don't ask me to, to tell you the rest of the characters. Who are the rest that of I them? Named. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks, but Harry Doyle, Harry Doyle, is great. And again, well, the fact that the, the director didn't even know who Bob Uecker was right. is unbelievable, and just the lines. That he delivers. Just, you know, to start off with, Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason, <laughs> his major league debut. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then just all of it. He He's a boozed up Vin Scully, right? Yeah. When he when he uh, takes the Jack Daniels and he, and he uh, yeah. swipes a little behind his ear. <laughs> Which I guess was all improv. Yeah, he improv a ton of this stuff. Uh, as as Harry Doyle, do you do you have do you have some other Harry Doyle lines? Because I've got a list of them. Let's do the Harry Doyle lines Just first. Do so. Harry Doyle. Because okay, I'll also say this before we get into them. I was typing out and I realized I was rewriting the movie, so I stopped writing lines at one point because <laughs> they just there were so many good ones. So I know Harry Doyle, and that's the great thing about comedies as opposed to some of the dramas. That there there's so many more good good funny lines, obviously. In a comedy, but but especially in one like this, where you have that announcer who's kind of helping to to advance the movie along and really give you a lot of just funny little one-liners that really keep you engaged and and keep things moving throughout when they're in the games and stuff like that. Right. So let's go through the Doyle lines. 
Okay, so I've got juvenile delinquent in the off season. Right. So you give me one. Oh, um, well, we're probably not going to go in order. Usually, we try to match them up, but I just have a random list. He, we don't know where Harris, well, where Hayes played last year, but I'm sure he did a hell of a job. <laughs> Basically, saying we don't even know who he is or where he came from. Right. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to say, well, another another one related to uh, Ricky Vaughn with it just a bit outside, which, you know, maybe we've heard a little bit too much now. But he tried the corner and he missed. And, of course, he hits the backstop. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, that line's pretty iconic, though, right? Is that probably the most famous line from the movie? Just I think it's got to be. Every baseball announcer or almost every baseball announcer has probably used that at some point in the last 30 plus years. Right. And I wonder if that one was improv or if that was written for him. I don't know. What's your next line? Uh, in case you haven't noticed, judging the attendance, you haven't. They need to manage to win a few here and there. They're threatening <laughs> to climb out of the cellar. That's right. In case you haven't noticed and judge by the attendance, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, right. Judging by the attendance, you have not. <laughs> the post game show is brought to you by, I can't find it. Oh, to hell with it. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like that would be you on air. It probably could be. It might have been at some point. <laughs> um, at one point, I don't remember what he said. I didn't write it down, but he said something. And then the, the oh, that's a great line. Guy, the other guy goes, you can't say that on the air. I've got that ah, one. No one's listening. He's like, one hit? That's all we oh, got? One good. GD hit? You can't yep. say GD on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's perfect. Right. Or ball four, ball eight. And Rat. Vaughn has walked the bases loaded with 12 consecutive pitches. That's right. How can guys lay off pitches that close? <laughs> KY ball hit to short. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, fans, Tuesday is diehard night. Free admission to anyone who was actually alive the last time the Indians won the pennant. Haywood leads the league in most offensive categories, including nose hair. <laughs> when the guy sneezes, he looks like a party favor. Right. And then he's talking about he's talking about the Duke. This guy threw at his own kid in the father-son game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That's I mean, Harry Doyle. Again, Bob Euchre, Harry Doyle is awesome. So is that all the Harry Doyle lines that you have? I am out I mean, on my end. There's um, well, you can close the book on Kellner. He covers the microphone. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, what's a convicted felon, isn't he, Monty? Monty goes, no, not really. He goes, well, he should be. <laughs> and then the right. last one I had is um, William Hayes, Hayes gets picked off, and it's not even close. And he goes, Hayes is picked off. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Right. But he never <laughs> even made it back to the base. <laughs> Just his sarcasm uh, made the movie. Oh, it was. It was good stuff. All right. Any other uh, any other non Harry Doyle lines? Obviously, yeah. What league are you from? California Penal. <laughs> right, right. How do you cut your hair, Rook? Vegematic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they asked uh, Serrano, he goes, "Keeps the bats warm." Because it was the golf. Covers. Right. Hats for bats. Yep. Yeah. Good one. Right off the top. Oh, I like the guys who are beating the drums and doing all that stuff in the outfield. Too high. What's that mean, too high? Where he's talking about the home run. Yeah. Too high. What's that mean, too high? What's that even mean? Um, Right. And then uh, you might run like Hayes, but you hit for crap. <laughs> I kind of censored that a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, Eddie Harris going, well, I like Jesus, but he can't help you hit a curveball. <laughs> oh, right. Right. And then um, Serrano, he's like, I say, F you, Joe Boo. And he takes on Jesus, and Jesus helps him hit the home run. Of and course. he hits a home run. Of course, you know, it also helped. I don't know if you noticed, but of course, Serrano couldn't hit a curveball. And mm-hmm. everybody in the world knows that Serrano can't hit a curveball. So he steps in, and the Yankees pitcher... Pipes him a batting practice fastball. It helps when you get a batting practice fastball rather than a curveball to hit the biggest home run of your life, I, I would say. Yeah, but that's, I mean, in baseball, no, it's kind of happened, right? Because, like, they, they grouped one for Cal Ripken on the game he well, broke the record. that's a little that bit different, All-Star though. Game, they've that's, done it. that's a relatively, yeah, I mean. Sure. This is a playoff game, though, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not talking about, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. 
that guy that won the Cy Young that played for the Yankees, and when he walks in, he says, "How's your wife and my kids?" Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I like that was that. a good one. when he was. Yeah, when he when he steps into the batter's box when when yeah. he and Jake are kind of going back and forth. Yeah. Then the the last line I wrote down is uh, for one of the home runs, like, well, he swings and sets that one towards South America. <laughs> Well, and we'll get into some of the stuff that that doesn't hold up. The South America was okay, but there's some doesn't hold up that's that's coming up here in a little in uh, now in fairly short time. Let's get through some of the scenes first. I'll just say this: I, I I mean, all of the baseball scenes are great, starting with the the very first spring training thing, and it's like I I almost lump that whole, even though there's maybe some short individual scenes. You know, like like the spring training thing, Willie Mays Hayes, he wakes up in the morning, he's in his pajamas, all those guys are out there running sprints and he and he goes and runs past them and but they they yeah. really just set so much of the stuff up. Harris with you know, he's taking his shirt off and you see the Vagisil, the Vaseline, and he's talking about the jalapeno in his nose and and Vaughn's like, You put snot on the baseball and he's like, Well, I haven't got an arm like yours. <laughs> but someday you will too. Yeah, that's right. And then you get introduced to to Pedro and Joe Boo and the cigar and the rum, and he's like, Jesus, I like him very much, but you know help me hit her curveball. <laughs> Just the way the movie's put together was really well done. It really was. It really was. Like and the especially when just when you compare it to some of the others that we've seen, it's it's it really holds up well. I think the way they put it together, and it doesn't drag at all. Well, right. minus the well, scenes, except right. for it, yeah, some Jake and Lynn, and within the movie's at hour twenty. Because so. even even in the scene with Jake and Lynn, where he does go up to the penthouse, it's just so uncomfortable when he's sitting there with with <laughs> the other people, and it's like, what? who are you again? Oh, I make the major league minimum, and. <laughs> You Here's know. what I noticed about Jake Taylor. He went in there, had a beer, took two sips, and left. Yeah. The next scene, he's at Roger Dorn's. His wife brings coffee. He doesn't even drink it and leaves. How <laughs> many drinks does this guy leave on the table? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good observation. He's a yeah, he yeah. is. He is. It's like, come on, at least finish um, something. All right, give me a scene. So I enjoyed all of those spring training at the, where they move his bed and he wakes up and runs. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But the red tag scene. Which I guess is the first time Dorn and Sheen. It almost would have been better if he knew who Dorn's wife was, because of how Dorn had kind of needled him. Ah, that's movie. true. Like he was trying to get back at him or something. Yeah, or something like that. But um, anyway, that scene with the red tag where they put one in Sheen's locker and he didn't get cut. Right. That was good. They get into the fight and they're all over the place. And and even the way they parlay that into him needing glasses was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Because they didn't know he needed them, and then that right, and and, it, and it's well. funny because those glasses, at the time, they really were you know like not in fashion in 1989. But now, it's like when you look at the movie now, like a lot of people are wearing them. That's like the style 30 years later, you know. <laughs> yeah, what's old's new, you know. Like, that's right. Well, but this movie made that happen. Hey, maybe so. I, Just took some I time. Said, I said also, I love the scenes, the way they used all the fans and the groundskeepers and everything. Uh huh. Like it. Cause like it's kind of like the gopher and Kansas, these guys right? suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not that bad at the end or whatever. Yeah, we never said they were good. Exactly. But I like the way they use that to like help the montages along and help the season tell the story. Right. Uh, I like the scene where Jake, where they're playing the A's, and he gets the guy to pop up when he starts yeah. telling the story about his life, and he's like, "What well, I'd like to know." What was that guy doing wearing her panties around her head? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure they're very close. Yeah, exactly. Close friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And the way that the pitch came in, the timing of that, that was a really well-edited scene. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the last, I, cause I, I think it's more on lines than scenes in this movie, but I did say the winning montage, it was kind of cool to see them all coming together. and They used the peeling off of the owner. Oh, well, right. I thought the American Express commercial was a oh, really was, was a really good one as well. That was pretty funny stuff. Because I've never seen a whole team do a commercial before. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, it was kind of cool. You know, and, and you know, of course, you've got Vaughn with the sleeves cut off on his tuxedo and everything, and Willie slides how, across home plate. And they also like they have to dumb down their acting to act like they're awkward. I wonder how hard that is yeah. for an actor. To like be the Roger Dorn, actor. yeah, like he's very obviously reading off a cue card. <laughs> Right. 
That's got to be painful for them. Yeah. And then, of course, that just just the wild thing coming out of the bullpen, that whole thing. I thought that was a really cool scene where you've got the crowd going nuts, singing wild thing and, and everything else. That was, that was, again, like anything that had to do with baseball, I thought they were all really good scenes. And obviously that holds up well, but that do they – like, would they play that before he came out to start? Like, why was that even a thing? How did everyone know to, like, have their signs ready? I mean, that's a really good point that you made about that. Because, yeah, why would you be expecting him to come out of the bullpen like you're even going to need your signs, considering he's typically well, a starter and now he's coming out of the bullpen? Nobody knew that he'd be coming out of the bullpen for that game. Right. It's another thing I mean, if he's a closer, because then you're used to him coming in in the eighth or ninth ninth inning all the time and it would always be nuts like that but he's usually a starting pitcher right however i mean those one game play or playoffs in general starters relief sometimes yeah that's not incredibly uncommon just yeah. to have the music ready and the signs and everybody being such a ready for it yeah me off a little bit um uh, and then we always ask if it holds up over time a lot of native american references by uh. harry and of course <laughs> Just the just the connection with the Indians, wow. and there's been a lot of ongoing stuff with that. But the you know like the sons of Geronimo, and he hits it onto the reservation. Eh, that went out a long time ago. I don't think you could do any of that. And then the other thing that I had, the phone call in the restaurant. That like you would have to jarring, isn't it? <laughs> do well, you would have to do it a lot differently now. Yeah, because now, of course, everyone has cell phones, or he would find her on Facebook, or you know whatever. It happens to be like if they dated just a few years prior to that, they would probably still have each other's cell phone number. So it just it's a lot different the way you would have to set that up somehow now. And why would you call somebody from the restaurant inside the restaurant? <laughs> well, because again, he looks like a stalker. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's he looks like an A1 stalker. Just the, the <laughs> everything that he did in that movie, especially when she's like, leave me alone. And he keeps following her. And everything else. And they end up falling in love. Let me ask you this. If they remade it, you definitely couldn't do the Indians now because they've been to the World Series a couple of times. I I was trying to think of what team you could do it around. Probably maybe the the Oakland A's. Yeah, maybe the Twins you could do. Oakland, yeah. You know, so like some, some teams, Oakland, Pittsburgh, even Milwaukee, like teams that haven't won anything. You could do, but you the definitely Mariners? couldn't do the Indians nowadays, though. The Mariners have never won anything, have they? No, but They're the Indians are, or the Mariners are also aren't really known for passionate fans. <laughs> I well, guess. So what I'm getting at is, if you really, really want to get break it down, that would be the franchise that would move potentially. Oh yeah, because they're north, and but right. they've also got a new stadium now. So so does. Everyone else now. Oakland doesn't, though. That's, again, like, you could do Oakland because they still play in the crappy Coliseum, and there's been all the stuff about whether or not they were good. They weren't even going to have radio on the air this year because things are getting so bad in Oakland. Wow. What role could Kevin Costner play? That's the microcosm of the whole Major League Baseball season, which, real quick, that's why one thing that bugged me is you see the owner trying to move the team and not want the players to succeed. And just right now with the temperature of baseball, that that bothered me, <laughs> seeing that dynamics. It's like, yep, that's still happening now. That's true. How that's true. A lot of these dynamics have been there for a long time in, in the back and forth between players and owners, and it's just so, playing out real nasty right now. Costner would play the catcher, right? Yeah. I mean, Jake Taylor He already slammed plays dunk. it in Bull Durham the next year. Right. Exactly. And that's... He obviously couldn't, you know, there's no way he was going to do three baseball movies in a two-year stretch since he, you know, didn't want to do Bull Durham or he didn't want to do Field of Dreams initially. So what about uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Oh, man, he can play any character in any movie, right? (laughs) I was thinking, like, if you redid it today, he could be a Serrano or somebody along those lines. seems too obvious, though. Yeah. uh, But, I mean, who else is it going to be? Is he going to be the... Third baseman who can't field a ground ball? Maybe he could be that guy. Maybe he could be the... Well, yeah. He's got to be the power guy. He has to be. Exactly. Exactly. He can't be Willie Mace Hayes. He can't be the catcher. He can't... Yeah. Right. Unless you created a new position at first base for him and made a new character or something. Yeah. That's what 
You'd almost have to do that. That's what I was thinking. Like have like a, a first base comedy, or, first power. Yeah. yeah. But you could also because you could get the, none of their main characters was a first baseman, but you could have some of the stuff that you had, like when the when when Clue Haywood was playing first. Where are you going, meet about ninety feet? You know that where mm-hmm. some of the back because you have so much potential conversation going on with the first baseman and base runners and stuff like that. If you did another movie, you could have a first baseman be the kind of one of the the main characters because there's there's a lot of bits that you could have him saying over there to other guys who show up at first base. Right, and it's usually a power hitting spot, so it'd be easy to like yeah. make him look like he's an integral part of the team. Yep. All right. You know? Anything else before we wrap this one, Bobby? You know, I just really enjoyed watching this movie. I did too. I don't know if I'm just hungry for baseball or what, but I enjoyed <laughs> the whole process of this. I enjoyed watching this more probably than any other movie that we've done. And like you, I, I that's a good question. Is it because we haven't had baseball for three months and we just want baseball? I don't know, but just the writing, the Harry Doyle, all the different stuff. I, I, I just thought it, it just was a really done. Really well. yeah, yeah. Really good flow. There's... Again, the only real down points are when some of those, the, you know, the the love triangle, not even, well, I guess you'd call it a love triangle. The Jake the Jake Lynn stuff just goes a little bit too long. They could tighten some of that up, and it would have perfect flow. But uh, the baseball stuff really flows right through. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably it. That's probably it. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it. Major We're League. Back. Yeah. Good to have you back. Glad you've got your technology figured out yeah i think i only lost wi-fi twice during this that wasn't bad it wasn't terribly noticeable there might have been a a time or two <laughs> yeah yeah all right just us anyway yep exactly two guys talking sports movies we will talk to you next time